Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Are you ready to transform your space into a masterpiece? Introducing Mosaics, your destination for stones and more. Mosaics is a family-owned business serving the community for over 20 years. With the best quality porcelain, ceramic tiles, and high-end mosaics featuring unique modern designs, Mosaics has everything you need. Dedicated customer service, wholesale distributors, and a passion for excellence. Make sure you visit mosaics.com today to turn your vision into a reality. Hello, friends from Fire Reasons. Welcome to our post-game show right after the 1-0 loss of Inter-Miami to uh, FC Cincinnati. We're going to do our, an instant reaction here in a second. We had Ashley and we lost her. Here she is. And we also had Austin, who's back from driving stadium. Welcome, guys. Uh, Inter-Miami is almost over, but we are already eliminated after this loss and the other results that took place in other uh, stadiums. Your first reaction, guys. Let's go with Ashley, and then we'll jump back with Austin. Go ahead, Ashley. Okay, hi. There. Uh, my reaction is half, and I was really happy with our play. The ball just didn't want to go in the back of the net for Inter Miami. I think it's kind of just the way the cards are going to unfold for this. And uh, yeah, but I, like I said, I thought the boys played a really good first half. The beginning of the second half, there was a big drop off. Messi came on. I, I mean, I think it's clear that he's not at 100%. I think he still gave a lot of, you know, great moments and things like that. Uh, I don't know. I don't think he should have been put in as the number nine. I think he should have stayed on the right because that's where he does his best creating. Um, and I and so it felt not forced, but it just felt like he, you know, when he can, because they were continuously building from the right. And so I would have rather been building out through him as opposed to Yedlin or Robert Taylor or even Stefanelli, who, you know, uh, I the, the goal, the, the pass. Anyways, but, you know, so, yeah, my, I, my initial thoughts is that great play in the first half. Most of the game, I think they held their own. I think it's probably fair to say that the first half Cincinnati was not giving 100%. And we really needed to capitalize on it, but again, I think that's kind of just how the season is uh, is meant to end, kind of on that note. But much better than we've seen over the last few games, so that makes me happy. But yeah, that's about where I'm at. What about you? Yeah, I mean, it's it's disappointing. It's disappointing to watch. It's disappointing to 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 take in. Um, I think that the the game plan really from the beginning looked good. And I think the game management towards the second half is where he completely lost it. Um, yeah. I, I didn't think that – I do agree with your accession of um, Lionel Messi. I do think he should have been off to the right. Playing up the middle was a little bit forced, and you put him in areas at the top of the box where, yes, he is very dangerous, but it, it's him trying to weave through three and four defenders time and time and time again. And it just wasn't uh, sustainable. And I think that, too, with David Ruiz coming off – 
I know that it seems like that doesn't have that much effect, but Dafford Ruiz coming off changed the game for me. I thought that he was a player who, in reality, kind of was pushing the game forward for Inter-Miami um, at all times in that first half. He was running up and down the pitch. He was on the defensive end. He was the, on the offensive end. Uh, there was no reason for him to come off. Uh, I thought Benjamin Kromeshki could have come off. I, I didn't think that he had, you know, the, I don't think he's actually had a, a good run of form in the last couple of matches, to be completely honest with you. Um, I, I like Sean Mota coming on, I'll be honest with you. I think that him and Messi have started to build a little bit of a connection off the field, and on the field it's kind of working a little bit, both of those left-footed players. So I think going into 2024, that's a nice little sign. Maybe not for Gregory, but we'll get the offseason talk here soon enough. Um, but yeah, I think that this team has a lot of holes that need to be addressed. I don't think that Tata Martino got this one right yet again, and I think that that's been a theme over the last couple of matches, especially in the U.S. Open Cup final, where you really needed it to happen. You know, at the end of the day, when this team has to win games, ever since the League's Cup final, they just haven't done it. So there's a lot of concern, but I do think that this is going to boil over and be the start of a run for off-season moves. And I think that in the next two games, you're going to see players that maybe are on the fringe or players that are coming up to the academy and whatnot who have signed first-team deals like Lawson Sunderland, Santi Morales, players like that who need to prove themselves going forward for 2024 under Tata Martino if he's to still be the coach, which I imagine it is a long-term idea um, for him to be here. So whether we like it or not, uh, so a lot to be said, but that, that's kind of my gist of it for now. Yeah. Well, so to go off of that, um, and I also, I apologize. I know this is moving around so much. It's part of post-game in a car. We just, you know, nevertheless, we persist. Um, with Pata, to be honest with you, like I said, like you said, in the first half, I think he had a stellar game plan and uh, the players just didn't finish. I think, and I have to look at the replay a couple times, but I don't know why Kramaski felt the need to try and do a chip with the outside of his right foot. You're driving forward, just shoot it in the damn left corner hard with your left foot. You know, that's kind of what I wanted. Aviles, that was a superb strike on that corner that just, you know, it was it was an unfortunate bounce that it didn't go his way. But yeah, I agree. We're gonna see, you know, who stays and who goes. I 100%, I thought Kramaski had a better game. And I same for Chicago, I think he's, form is getting better like I think he's certainly better than he was a week or so ago um but I even said this to my mom I said in the 60th minute he looks so tired the poor kid has had to run a thousand minutes in the last like three weeks why isn't he being taken off Ruiz has been looking fresh and you know playing longer like I agreed with the substitutions in terms of who came on the pitch I disagree with who came off the pitch I don't think Joseph needed to come off to be honest with you I thought he was also doing and he should have stayed in the center and Messi should have gone on the right. Like, I, I don't know why. Maybe the, the idea is that they didn't want Messi to run as much, you know, from the right side and kind of be controlled in the middle. But I was watching the whole, you know, the whole time he was playing, he had four defenders around him at all times, and he obviously wasn't going to immediately be doing those explosive runs to get open, which is understandable. And so, yeah, I don't know why Tata, for that situation, Messi could, is, is needs to be the playmaker, right? Like he needs to be put in positions to make plays for other people who can run those extra yards and do the the push. So 
yeah, it, it was disappointing in that aspect to not really to see the game plan start strong, but then maybe not finish strong. Also, I don't know if everyone likes my hat from Fan Appreciation Night. We definitely should talk a little bit about the supporters uh, situation that happened. And I, I don't know how clear it was from Apple TV. I don't know if they mentioned it or if you could tell from, you know, online videos, but if you weren't there, the supporter section was full like normal. However, instead of everyone standing in their three groups of uh, personnel, of, of supporter groups, only was it Vice City in the middle? I think only Vice City uh, was up and playing instruments and singing. The other two sides of the supporter section, they stayed seated the whole game and they didn't do the songs. And so you definitely, it definitely was quieter than it normally was. And so, you know, will that make a big difference? I don't know. We, what, how, what I stressed with Gian in our preview yesterday was that um, fans are the most important part of any team of the community. And so, you know, fans feeling hard done by, you know, they take action. We'll, we'll see what happens with it. But uh, it was certainly interesting to see in person. Uh, yeah. But so here's my question for you, right? Uh, who outside of, you know, if, of the players who we know are guaranteed to be here next season, the ones who aren't, which ones do you think uh, deserve to stay that you've seen good things out of that you think will stay, even just based on who played tonight? I'm just, you know, curious. Um. Well, I, I obviously think, I, and I, I have to say something in this post-game show about Drake Callender. First of all, happy birthday to him. Second of all, what an outstanding performance. So I, I want to say, you know, he did everything he absolutely could to keep Miami in this playoff race, but the offense is where they were not able to, and that goes for the entirety of the season. Um, at the back, obviously, Kamal Miller is signing that new deal. Extremely important for his longevity at the club, but also extremely important for a transfer fee as well. I'm not saying that he's on his way out. I do think that the contract extension was more of a sign of him staying in Miami rather than leaving. So that's uh, a sign. And I think that him, Kristoff, and Aviles as a back three, although Gian hates it, I didn't mind what I saw today uh, from those three guys as a collective unit, other than Aviles not able to track uh, behind Kristoff at one moment and, and which he almost scored. Uh, for Cincinnati, I think that those three guys in reality were able to kind of shut down the Cincinnati counterattacks in, in times when it looked very threatening because of the fact that DeAndre Yedlin and Noah Allen were pushed so far up the field. And so those three guys as a unit, I do think that they might want to go for another younger center back instead of Kristoff going forward. Um, but I do think that he's a reliable option and a cheap option to keep around. So at the back, I didn't hate the performance today from Inter Miami at all. So I'm, that's the only part I'm like kind of pleased with. I also thought it was Sergio Busquets' best game uh, in a long, long time. Uh, I, I thought that he had been falling off just just a little bit. So yeah, I do think it was probably his best game in a while. Um, obviously, he'll, he'll be staying as well. David Ruiz will probably have a starting role in 2024 at some point. Uh, Benjamin Kromeshki, I think, still needs a little bit more polishing more than David Ruiz. And honestly, I thought it was a vice versa earlier on, but right now I see David Ruiz as the more polished starter over Benjamin Kromeshki over the last couple of games, which might be a hot take, but I, I, I haven't enjoyed Benjamin Kromeshki's football as of late. Um, yeah. What else? I mean, Facundo Farias needs, needs also to step up a little bit. I know that he kind of was handed the keys in Messi's absence in the last five games, and he's had the responsibility of kind of 
taking on everything in terms of chance creation and the entire offense. And he's been the one to having to connect everything and it hasn't necessarily worked. I, I thought that he was very poor against Chicago. Uh, Joseph Martinez was carrying the load. I thought the same thing tonight. I thought Joseph Martinez was carrying the load uh, and, and making the connections on offense. And somehow for me, gets taken off, which is just baffling, baffling, baffling. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I don't think, you know, just because contractually, Joseph probably won't be here. You think of guys like Stefanelli, Chris McVay, Ryan Saylor, uh, who have not played in these matches. And I think that that's where you're going to see a lot of the overhaul. The guys that aren't getting minutes under Tata Martino or are getting limited minutes under Tata Martino without injury, because obviously with John Mota, I do believe he's a piece of this team going forward and he's been injured. But for all those other players who haven't been getting minutes, those are the ones you might see on the door out. And as for, let me just uh, specify for Debra Ruiz. I, I do want to say this. I didn't mean starting role as he's going to start 34 games next year. I think that he's going to continue to gain starts as he has this year, but he's not going to be a guaranteed starter in the midfield. I do think that he will just be a depth piece going forward. He's still a little bit too young and also needs polishing, but I, I do think that he will see some starts in 2024 because he is the more polished midfielder right now that fits what Miami's trying to do. Yeah, well, so, and on that point specifically, this is where I think the biggest problem is. Can you hear me okay? Okay. So here's what I think the biggest problem is, is that Kramaski, when he's not polished offensively or he's not you know, connecting or getting that thing, he doesn't then assume the role defensively and try to fill gaps. With Ruiz, what he does is he fills the gap that is being asked of him. He sometimes has gone up. You know, he obviously has gotten a goal. He's got, or maybe I think he's gotten maybe two goals. He's taken some good shots. He almost got that winner against New York City. And he, but he knows, you know, when to play the defensive role and he knows when to create passes. Kromashki seems like he only has one setting, right? Which is forward midfield and and when you have Busquets and you have a, especially when you have a front three you need to be able to uh, adapt and he doesn't seem like he's adapting well and I think that's kind of your, your point um in terms of Joseph I I agree like, like I said earlier he should have stayed on the pitch but there's I mean unless he takes a 90% salary decrease because he wants to play another year with Messi which I can understand there's he's not going to be on the team next year um I I slightly disagree in terms of Kristoff's performance. I thought he actually was was slow. Like I felt that to, compared to the other defenders, he had to give away a lot of fouls because he was beat or because he didn't think he could take them on one on one. And for the way Inter Miami want to play moving forward, it's just not sustainable. I think give give Tata an off season with Ryan Saylor. I think Ryan Saylor play who played a lot last year what is a great center back who's young and he's smart he was taken right number one or a top three pick last year when we took him and I think he has so much to be that third center back I would like to see that because I don't think Kristoff honestly is, is worth keeping at this point unless it's you know for such a minimum amount of money I would rather have two young center backs in Kristoff and or excuse me in McVeigh and uh, Sailor to see what they do. I think Ryan, I think uh, DeAndre Edlin had a much better game than he had in the past because uh, he was he was tracking back more. And he was just trying to be more influential in his movements. Noah Allen, who I love and I love the kid's effort and his you know his his desire, his lack in offensive playmaking is 
really apparent and it's becoming more and more apparent and that's something he's going to have to really work on in the off season. And I think Jordi Alba is going to do a great job of teaching him. So I think it's good, but um, it, it's clear that if we have, you know, instances where Jordi can't play, which obviously is going to happen here and there, um, they Todd's going to have to immediately shift away from having a situation where you need um, your left back making crosses to create offense, unless you have uh, unless you have Robert Taylor there, because no, every single time Noah Allen took the ball on the left side, I had zero confidence that it was going to be a cross that made any type of noise. And and if I feel that way before he even makes the run, then it's it's you know it's not in good shape. But I agree with most of what you said. I think Malta 1,000% will be starting next year. He deserves to be. I think him, Busquets, and I think you'll you'll see back and forth between Ruiz and Kramoski. I think that's a great starting three. We have to see what happens with Gregory. You know, we have Arroyo. It'll, it's going to be an interesting offseason because I do think they're going to have to figure out rotational pieces. We, we were saying that we were deep, but I don't think maybe we are as deep as we thought. And it'll be... It'll be interesting. I also, since I'm on my phone, I can't see comments, so I don't, I don't know what people's general consensus is. But yeah, that's kind of where what my thoughts are in terms of who's staying, who's going. I think unfortunately we have seen the last of Robbie Robinson, which makes me, as you know, devastated. Yeah, I don't think that uh, you'll you'll be seeing much of him going forward. Uh, <laughs> I also don't think. I don't know. I have no good feeling about Ryan Saylor or Chris Buffet under Tata Martino, not to like break their spirits, but I just don't, I don't see it happening. I think that they, they want to upgrade the position if anything, rather than use those guys. I think Ryan Saylor was a end of first round pick, um, maybe early second, something like that. Um, I don't know. I don't know why I remember what it was, but I think it was, I think it was late first round uh, or mid first round, something like that. Um, but I don't, I don't think it was super, super early. Um, but anyway, th- that's besides the point. Um, as for Sergei Kristoff. Am I having, say that again? Am I, am I remembering? Am I remembering wrong? I said, like, am I having the wrong memory? Did you think he played well last year? I think I know last year was a blur, but um, I thought Ryan Taylor did a pretty good, decent job last year. Yeah, it's not. I don't think that he did a bad job, and I do think that he had some really good performances. I think the one performance that I remember from last year was the first game uh, away from home at Charlotte where he had to step in as a starting center back last year and came on and played really well, and that's when Phil Neville started to use him a lot throughout the year, um, or in the latter half of the year anyway. But I just don't – the same thing with Chris McVay. I thought Chris McVay had really good performances in the last two seasons, and whether it was a left back or at center back, and there were times where he wasn't as good. There were times where he was okay. He was a serviceable guy. That's the only way I see Ryan say as well as serviceable. Um, I don't see them yeah. as elevating the defense. And that's – I would actually say the same thing about Sergey Kristoff. Um, the only thing that Kristoff has over those two guys is the veteran experience, and that's what you want leading a back three. And, and, I'm, and I am okay to accept that. Um, I'm not saying Kristoff is like a locked-in starter going forward, but I do think that having him as that presence is a good thing. And I, I, we have disagreed in the past about Sergey Kristoff, but I would disagree about his performance against him. I thought there were times where he was in positions that made a lot more sense and gave comfortability for Miami on those Cincinnati counterattacks. Um, and I do think that if that partnership between those three guys were to build going into 2024, it could be a positive thing. I'm not completely down on it with Miller, Aviles, and Kristoff, but if I had to make a guess, I would say that they are going to look to upgrade 
that position for for sure. I, I don't think that you will see Kristoff starting 34 games next season. That's just me being realistic rather than you know what I want or or whatever. Uh, and that would be the same thing for Sailor and McVeigh and Robbie and Stefanelli and you know all these guys, Joseph Martinez, because of contractual reasons. Um, even Gregory, you have to think about that as well. I know you mentioned him. I don't even know if he's going to be on the team next season. We're going to have a lot of off-season talk, but because of his DP status and the money that he's making, actually not because of the money that he's making, it's actually because of the transfer fee from Bahia um, that we used to acquire him that's put him up to the DP status. You know, there's a lot of different variables into the MLS roster building, and we've seen Miami do it before in terms of having the biggest off-season um, overhaul. Uh, roster overhaul in the league with like 14 or 15 players. I think that you could see eight or nine, uh, maybe even more with Inter Miami this offseason. So going into 2024, it's still a positive outlook. I, I know that this game was hard to take. I know that missing the playoffs is hard to take. Better than I felt in like two weeks about this team. After. Yeah, because we're just relieved. We're just relieved. It's gone. I don't have to worry about the playoffs anymore. Uh, I don't need to worry about them, you know, and the mathematics and whatever my head, I can save that for my calculus class. Like it's over. Right. And they can go into 2024. Think about the CONCACAF Champions Cup. Think about making the U.S. Open Cup final again. You got the League's Cup again and you'll have the full MLS regular season with Lionel Messi rather than just the back half in which you were trying to pull off a miracle, which they could have done. It looked like they could have done, but they fell off the wagon here late on with a couple of unfortunate results not not going their way because the effort wasn't there the performances weren't there the tactics weren't there but there's a lot to build on so after the october 21st game ashley they won't play another mls match until late february i mean it's a long layoff short layoff but long layoff in terms of how many games they have been playing and i think that you know given what we think about this team going forward and the moves that are going to be made there should be some level of optimism because of the fact that we have seen the kind of really just how uh, aggressive the ownership has been the coaching staff has been in terms of getting players trying to revamp it you've seen it with the three u22 dps and I, I don't think that that's going to going to stop at all yeah, no, I totally agree. I think I, I, I this is gonna be kind of like my last thing I say because I think I'm losing service a little bit. But um, I agree. We can only look up. I like like we've said in a couple of the last ones. There are definitely some changes and and uh, logistical improvements that we'd like to see from the club as they you know as they handle fans, as they handle media, etc. It's obviously a lot has to happen to have Lionel Messi on your team. What we've seen so far has been a huge success. It's been amazing to watch. We've been able to keep growing this community, and it's been so fun. I'm so excited for next season. We'll be watching the game on Wednesday. We'll be watching the game on Saturday. Obviously, Inter Miami won't be making the playoffs, and we probably won't see Messi play again this season. But um, I agree with you. The, the future is bright. We only can look up from here. Excited to see what Tata does with an offseason and maybe with some more complimentary pieces to the style of football he wants to play. But it's exciting stuff. It's good stuff. And uh, I'm uh, I'm ready to go. We, we'll get a break. I feel like we've worked harder than the players, honestly. No, I'm kidding. Uh, but it'll it'll be good. And, you know, we'll have a lot of great content, great things planned for next season. And I'm, I'm excited. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. 
To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Yep. All right. Ashley, thank you so much. Get home safe. Drive home safe. Uh, and for everybody who's driving home from the stadium watching, get home safe as well. Um, and make sure, obviously, you, you look at Ashley's Twitter. She's sometimes tweeting about Taylor Swift, sometimes tweeting about Lionel Messi. You get the best of both worlds there. So go ahead and make sure you follow Ashley on Twitter. You can find it in the Messi and Co. Twitter as well. Um, so, Ashley, thank you so, so much uh, for everything. All right. <clears throat> okay. I'm going to try and get to some comments here as Ashley heads out. Um, there are, I know there were a ton of opinions uh, that came out in the comments and about, about a lot, really. Um, and I do want to get to some of it uh, because it is important, and I, and I do want to address what you guys have been saying. I, I think that we come in here and we obviously talk a lot and we say a lot of things about our team um, and, and the way they play, and we have our own opinions, but I do want to take time to address everybody else. So I'm going to look up here and see if there's, there's anything uh, worth noting. Um, we, we talked a lot about the defense. Uh, I see Jay here saying that his agenda about Aviles is thriving. Finally, I think this was probably his best game in an Inter-Miami uniform, I would say. Um, I, I do think that going forward, he of the three U22 DPs have the most longevity with Inter-Miami. Um, that might be a bold statement, but I can see him being an MLS center back for quite some time. I'm just 19 years old. I think Farias either – is going to end up being a little bit too talented for MLS uh, if he develops well, or is just from what we've seen in the last couple of games, I have not, I can't say that it's been promising. Uh, that's not exactly uh, the word I would use. I think, like I said, when he was handed the keys after Messi's uh, departure from the team for those five games, just wasn't really working. And it's a lot to put on a young kid who isn't familiar with the league and has had to do things um, that no other player has been asked to do. However, um, you, you would like to see a little bit more. I was happy, really happy when he first came in. When he came off the bench, he was speedy. He was electric. He was seemed like he had this technical quality that not a lot of other players have had when they were brought in. Um, but really, right now, Fadias isn't looking as promising as he did early on. And I do think that's harsh because he's a young player and the team as a whole has not played well, but I do shift a lot towards player ratings over team ratings, but I, I could talk about Tata Martino as well. Like I said, I do think that Luis coming off was uh, a terrible decision. I do think that Joseph Martinez coming off was a terrible decision. I think that those were the two guys actually in this game who were pushing you forward the most. And when I say pushing you forward, I mean trying to get you any sort of chance at goal. Uh, Joseph Martinez, you know, obtaining the ball in and around the area with the layoffs, with the passes, with the turns. I think that what you saw at the second half of the Chicago game and, you know, a lot of the first half in this game, it was promising from him. It was his better performances uh, in an Inter-Miami uniform other, one, other than when, you know, he was scoring earlier on this season. He had fallen off 
for me like a ton. And we had talked so much on the show. If you guys are listeners of the show, we had talked so much about how Kambana like is the striker, he signs the deal and, and all of that. But I I don't see a future for Joseph with this team. Although it is possible that he does take a pay cut and comes back, but on his DP money, it just it wouldn't make sense for into Miami if they have the ability to obtain a different, uh, more quality player with that DP status. Um, and, you know, with the young guys, with Kromeshki, with Ruiz, um, and with guys like Noah Allen, too, who, like, I do agree that Noah Allen had a rough game offensively. Um, I think that going forward, it was even evident at times that inter Miami players were reluctant to give him the ball on the wings. And that's hard to say because, you know, obviously this team uses their wing backs a ton to try and create chances. Um, and Noah Allen wasn't able to put in the crosses as, as you know, as you would want a Jordi Alba to. But he's not Jordi Alba, so we can't really expect that. I think defensively, Noah Allen rarely ever takes a wrong step. He gives you a little bit of, um, you know, he, he gives you this presence of like, wow, this guy's really small. This guy is young, but at the same time, he's been so solid. And I think he reads the game very, very well from a defensive standpoint. So going forward as, you know, a 19, 20-year-old kid um, being mentored by Jordi Alba when he comes back from injury, going forward, that is a huge piece for Inter-Miami. And I don't want anybody to really knock too much on the youngsters right now. Like I have been with Benjamin Kromeshki. I, I can admit that. But you still have guys on this roster like Franco Negri as well, who has been injured but was really good for Inter Miami to start the season. He's more of the opposite of Noah Allen. He's more of that offensive wing back that, you know, you would like to see Noah Allen possess a little bit of those qualities. But when he comes back from injury next year, I mean, really his team just has to get healthy. That that That's really, really the key of it. Um, and if they do get healthy, it will be a lot deeper than we originally thought it was. Um, because I, for a while, you know, we were talking about how deep his team was, but really the personnel – in the deeper parts of the team weren't fitting Tata Martino style or Tata Martino just wasn't reading the games well, which I do believe is part of it. So there's a lot to say about that too. Um, I, I see this stuff about Lionel Messi and, and FC Barcelona. Um, look, don't hold your breath. Uh, I'll say that. I really don't think that that's a possibility. They thought it was a possibility earlier on before Messi even came to Miami to finish out the team, finish out his season there, blah, blah, blah. I just don't even, uh, don't even think that that is really on the cards right now. It, it could be, but I don't think that there's any truth to it other than Barcelona trying to do, or anybody in Barcelona trying to get anything, get Messi back. It just, it just doesn't make sense from an MLS standpoint. Messi needs to relax. We know how fatigued he's been and tired he's been. Um, and he'll get time before the Copa America in 2024 playing with into Miami in the spring or winter and spring, I should say, um, before then. Um, I think I think that's all I've got. Alejandro, I know you're there in the back. Uh, if you want to listen to one more thing from one of our amazing podcast sponsors, uh, that would be lovely. And then we will we will head out of here and see you guys uh, midweek and before Wednesday uh, when they take on. Uh, Charlotte. Charlotte for the first of two times. First of two times. All right. See you guys. If you are ready to transform your backyard into a haven of relaxation and luxury, look no further than our amazing podcast sponsor, Lacoazura Pool Services. With over 20 years of industry experience, Lacoazura is a name you can trust when it comes to services, equipment repairs, and restoration for all things pools. 
If you're looking in the South Florida area for your pool to be serviced on a month-to-month -month basis, Laco Azura boasts an impressive five-star rating on Google reviews, and it's a testament to their dedication to the customer satisfaction and top-notch service. Also, if you mention Messi & Co., you will get your first month of pool service absolutely free. So don't wait for pool service, patio renovation, or more. Call them now at 954-793-7206 and get a free quote for any project. Thanks, Lacqua Azuda. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.